Being an expert sucks. As a teacher of spiritual intelligence and emotional health, I get cornered into being the guy who has all the answers. I'd like to take this opportunity to make a confession. I don't. What I do have are convictions. I have theories. I have questions. I find myself looking around and I'm like, we can't stay here. Stop setting up your tent. We can't stay here. Through my journey, it's become evident that being a participant is no longer enough. It's time to become reformers. These are my confessions. To get deeper in this conversation, visit MikeMayashiro.com. Hello, and welcome to today's episode. I'm your host, Mike Mayashiro. Um, we're going to talk about prosperity today, you guys. Uh, before we get into it, though, I want to just mention that the weather in Reading is nice and sunny again. Um, it was actually warm yesterday, and so the volleyball net is coming out. Got some friends together, and we played volleyball, and listen, I'm sore from all the gym stuff, and so there were times where my team members would not hit the ball well, and I'm like, you guys, I'm not going to get that. I can't move. My body's too stiff. You're going to have to do better than that. Um, but I love that we're getting to play volleyball again. It's been like, man, a couple months since we've been able to play, and we're all sad, and now the sun's out, and we get to hit the ball around again. Yay, volleyball. Um, it's kind of funny. Uh, we're kind of by we, I mean probably just me. I'm kind of anal about volleyball and I refuse to play with people who don't care, who like just want to smack the ball and don't want to play right and don't want to like learn skill and work as a team and the whole thing. Um, anyway, so it's just really fun to have a community of people who have all kind of adapted that and learned how to like get better and they're actually getting better and just doing some quality volleyball. I actually experience like a shocking level of euphoria sometimes when a team, when both teams are like collaborating, working together, and they're both like going hard at trying to win, and they're like evenly matched, it's so rewarding. It's bizarre, and I love it. Anyway, um, that's appropriate because it's a level of prosperity that I'm experiencing when that's happening. You don't just get it from people randomly just throwing themselves into something. There's intentionality, there's thought, there's unity, there's, in, there's um, choosing into it, you know? Um, the same is true in the prosperity subject. So let's jump right into that, shall we? Um, I grew up with not a ton of prosperity in my scope. Like I didn't see it a lot. Um, I definitely had some of those values in my family, um, but I don't know that I saw it demonstrated and I don't know that I recognized it all the time. Uh, I did have a deep sense of value and awareness for like the prosperity thing as an idea. I didn't have a ton of personal experience with it until obviously later in life. Um, and then as I started to like renegotiate, what is money to me? What is provision? What is quality of life? What is royalty? What does it look like to, to be noble, right? As those questions and thoughts started coming up, um, the value for prosperity started becoming a lot more significant. Before, when I used to hear the word prosperity or prosper, I think I just thought of someone's farm making a lot of produce. I'm like, yeah, I don't really care about that. <laughs> you know, like that, that word was associated with abundance like on a field or I don't know whereas now the word prosperity I actually have a very positive relationship with and association with and it has to do with all aspects of life so it includes a farm with produce and whatever but it also includes like the quality of our relationships and the quality of my soul and how my emotions are doing and um, how my bank account is doing and how my body is doing and how my mindsets are doing and how my vision of the future is doing and how I leverage and manage my resources. Like all those things are, you know, influenced by the presence or absence of prosperity in our lives. 
Um, and so I've gotten to go through a whole process of learning how to repent in ways that you, you would not think are related to prosperity that absolutely are. So I wanted to take today in this episode to kind of poke at some of those things and just kind of shake it up a little bit and help open up some consideration to new ways of agreeing with prosperity in your life or recognizing ways that you disagree with it in your life. Obviously, all of us would do well to agree with prosperity and to align with how prosperity works. And when I say the word prosperity, I'm not talking about an idea. I'm not talking about a mode. I'm talking about a spirit. Um, God is prosperous in nature and there's a way about him. I don't mean God just has a lot. That's obviously true. I mean God is a certain way and that certain way is where the lot comes from, where the many, the much, the abundance, just, you know. Um, there's a way that God stewards and manages things. There's a way he, he sees and values things. And so he responds to things in a certain way. And prosperity is always in his mode of operation. He's always prosperous in his approach, in his value system, in his priority. Always. Um, and it's an, uh, we can think money. It's not just money. Obviously, money is part of this. So I don't want to exclude it. But it's, I'm going to talk about more than just money because I think we've talked about money a bit here. Um, but it's more than that. So when you have a relationship with someone, let's just talk relationship, for example, one-on-one, -on -one, you and a friend, just a friend. If you're agreeing with prosperity in this relationship, then your attitude and posture toward this friend is, how do I get to contribute to their life? Not because of what I'm going to gain, not because of what they're going to think about me, but because I want to add value to their experience because I care about them, right? Um, I don't want to make them feel a certain way. I want to give to them in a way that's going to be beneficial to them regardless of how they feel. Obviously, we care about their feelings, but it's not just for an emotional high or for an emotional payout. It's for legitimately contributing to their life. So if I know that um, going to the bar every night is not great for my friend, even though we have a great time and it's really fun, but it's not good for their health, then from a prosperity place, I'm going to choose to initiate in that relationship. Maybe it's better that we not do this and let's do something else or let's change the way we go about connecting and let's do it in a different way. The motivation from prosperity is not that I don't want to have fun with you, not that I condemn alcohol now, but I know this rhythm is not healthy for you. I'm actually fine with it and it's not affecting me as adversely as it is you. Because I know how it's negatively affecting you, I want to adjust that because my value for you and the engagement that I have here is a prosperous one. It's with a prosperous mentality, a motive, and agenda, right? As an example, if you're in business, right, for example, and um, let's say I'm a jewelry store and there's another jewelry store across, the, across town and we're kind of competing, right? We're after the same clientele. We have the same kind of products that we're giving out, whatever. I'm not trying to downplay the other jewelry store. I'm not trying to like take attention away from them. I'm not even necessarily even trying to steal their customers. Prosperity in that context is I'm going to do the best I can to provide as much value to my customers as possible. And I'm not worried about the other, what the other store is doing. And I'm actually not even opposed to them having customers as well. I might even drive someone to their business if I know what they're offering is better than what I'm offering my customer. That decision is motivated by prosperity. And some of us might think, well, that's not prosperity. You're taking away from how much money you're going to make and you're losing a customer. It's like, well, that's, that whole mentality is actually coming from poverty coming from lack. The competition thing is coming from this idea that there's not enough for me. Prosperity is convinced, persuaded that it doesn't matter what's happening around me. If I show up and I contribute in a way that's providing value and service to the world, I will be compensated. I will be taken care of, right? And prosperity operates like that. And it, 
translates to all kinds of things. So I want to kind of go through some other examples of ways that this plays out, ways that I've gotten to learn and I've observed that this is actually a very real dynamic that if we align ourselves from with this thing and operate in this way, it actually brings a massive yield and a return. This is very biblical. We see scripture all over the Bible talking about how to engage with prosperity in this way. Um, like again, for example, your finances with tithing. We like to, there's like Christians to this day who are like, hey, it's actually, it's not required in scripture that we tithe and whatever. And they've got their reasons for that. And I think like biblically they have some case for that. But here's the deal. When you think about God saying to test him in this, that will he not open the floodgates of heaven and dump blessing on you? That prosperity pays attention to that, not how can I get out of giving away what I have? Prosperity is not concerned about like giving things. Prosperity is looking at, well, he wants me to engage him in this, in this place, right? And so um, poverty is like, how do I hold on to everything I have? How do I not lose stuff? How do I make sure that this stuff stays in my life? Prosperity is not holding on to things with a tightly closed fist. It's not like controlling and restrictive. Prosperity is abundant and open-handed and there's a flow and a fluidity. And so when God tells us to give him the first fruits of our stuff, money, whatever else, um, prosperity recognizes opportunity, but more importantly than that, recognizes right relationship. Prosperity wants to honor this relationship and the dynamic therein, right? And so we get to gather up from a place of joy and pleasure. This is the best of what I've come up with. And I know that it's because of you that I have this. So this is all this is yours. I want to just pay tribute to that. Prosperity is like, yeah, I want to give to this. That practice, that agreement makes us a gravitational pull for increase, for more, right? And including money, it's not excluded. It's not just that, it's not limited to that. Um, when you think about with parenting, I don't have kids, but so I'll be saying this from a theoretical place, but I think that the principle translate, the principle translates. With children, when you're raising your kids, you don't like discipline your kid because they're doing something that you don't like or because they're doing something that's annoying. You discipline your kid when they do stuff that's harmful for them, that's gonna engage a habit or a mindset or a practice that's actually gonna be like detrimental to their development or it's gonna steal from their prosperity. So prosperity in parenting is, I'm gonna address my kid and I'm gonna treat them according to who they are and what they're capable of and I'm gonna train them on how to value and conduct themselves in a way that's gonna support the increase that I know they will experience in their life based on who they are. And I want to teach them how to rightly relate to this economy so that they actually do experience the increase and they're capable of stewarding it when it comes, right? Um, I see some parents lash out and react to their kids' behavior or their choices because they just want the moment to be comfortable or like convenient rather than they want to invest in who this kid is as a person and the economy that kid is operating within, right? And so when we shift our values in that place, Someone, a child being loud or getting all over things or getting in the way of stuff isn't necessarily a problem. If they're being exploratory and curious and you know, their desire to understand is being supported, then I think I wanna let them get in the way of things. Not um, because they're unruly, but because I'm intentionally partnering with the process in their life, right? If I neglect that because I just don't wanna deal with it and I let them be all messy, that's a different motivation, right? If I confront that and I discipline them and I tell them, you don't get to do this and that's not right because they're getting in the way of my life rather than because it's for their benefit, I'm working against prosperity in this relationship, right? And down the road, that continues to build and it will have negative consequences as we choose to engage in that way. Um, when you think about uh, like a business to a customer relationship, right? So not other businesses, but just even with your customers. As a business owner, I want to over deliver and whatever it is that 
I'm bringing to the table for them. If a customer is gonna pay me for something, I wanna make sure that whatever they're giving me monetarily, the value I'm giving them is insanely more than what they paid for, right? I wanna constantly over deliver on that. Um, Russell Brunson has a great commentary on this that I've really appreciated. It's a good practice. He solidly delivers on this all the time, but it's not just him. This happens with lots of um, massive influencers because they're tapping into prosperity and it is coming from that place. I want to over deliver to my customer I'm gonna get paid this little bit amount of money or whatever. I'm gonna give them way more than they can afford or way more than I'm being paid for here because I wanna invest in this specific individual customer but also in the bigger picture of the prosperity in my life, the prosperity that I'm sowing into and I'm investing in. We want the practice of giving more than we're receiving. When you go to a social environment, whether it's like a movie night or a game night or a dinner party or something and you show up, you wanna, in prosperity, you want to give to that space, whether it's you brought a gift, you brought something to contribute in the space you're in, you're contributing in whatever ways you're able to, you're helping clean up. Like they're practical, silly little things that a lot of us kind of overlook, but prosperity like jumps at the opportunity, opportunity to invest in the relationship and to contribute, to add value, right? Um, prosperity is constantly looking for ways to continue to increase the quality of a thing to increase life, not take away from it. So for example, if you're at the gas station and there's like trash next to the trash can and you walk over to throw your own trash away, prosperity recognizes there's something wrong here and does something to fix it. It's not the end of the world. You don't have to divert your whole, you don't have to divert your whole like schedule or your lifestyle. It's a simple choice. It's a little bit extra effort, but you're actually improving the quality of the environment because you were there. Prosperity operates this way. And so whether it's in a, a situation, a relationship, an environment, whatever, prosperity is looking for how can I contribute? How can I give? How can this place be better because I was here? You don't want to like make that like a, some kind of external motivation. It needs to be coming from an internal value of there's more than enough for all of us. And I want for my participation in the way that I can um, choose to contribute to be one that's bringing value to everyone else. That the world is better because I'm here than it's not, right? Whenever... Um, we go to a space like you rent out an Airbnb or you rent out a, a event venue or whatever. We want that space to be better than it was before you showed up because you were there. The world rewards people who steward the things they have, whether it's resources, opportunities, relationships, connections, whatever. Um, when they take care of these things and cause them to become more than what they were before they received the thing, the world can't help but continue to send more opportunity to that person. It's a law. It's called the law of sowing and reaping or compensation. Um, and so when it comes to the prosperity thing, we want to look at, and it kind of boils down to like, Hey, do unto others as you would have them do unto you, right? That golden rule. If you want to be loved and pursued and you want someone to be curious about your life, then give love away, then pursue other people, be curious about their life, right? And from that place, as you choose to engage with the thing that you long for and you want to see, it can't help but be, come back to you as you choose to give it. And it's, it seems kind of like contradictory to give away the thing you want. You're like, well, how am I going to give away something that I want? Like, I, that's how it works, actually. To whom much is given, much is expected, um, whoever sows much will reap much, right? There's a whole law going on here. Jesus is not giving you instructions on how to obey him. He is telling you how the world works. And he's giving you backdoor insight into how to win here. Jesus is the definition of prosperity. Um, how about let's talk about with your body and with your personal, just caring for yourself as an individual. The way you appear <laughs> says something about your relationship with prosperity. If you don't 
take care of yourself physically, whether it's the stuff that you're eating or the physical fitness or um, even the clothes you're wearing or the way that you like your hygiene. Like these are all factors of your expression of the value you think you possess. And all of us have unique versions of the way we want to um, creatively express that obviously, but there's either it's coming from prosperity or it's coming from I'm trying not to lose. I'm trying to avoid something. I'm not trying to hide, right? Um, I had to go through a little bit of a season there where I'm like, am I wearing this mustache because I'm trying to hide from the world? Like, what's going on here? Why am I doing this, you know? <clears throat> and I'm not like totally out of the woods on that yet. I'm not sure. I enjoy what I look like with a mustache, so I'm currently rocking it. If at some point I'm convinced I'm doing this because I'm hiding from the world, then I'm going to have to shave it off. <laughs> That'll be weird. And I don't know that that's the case. I don't know that that's what's happening. I'm not saying it's not. I don't know yet. I'm open. I happen to think I look better with this thing. So anyway, um, the way we like take care of our bodies, the way we take care of our presentation is a commentary on the value we think we possess. And it is also a reflection of our agreement or disagreement with prosperity in our lives. Um, it's not just like how you look. It's also the quality of the stuff you're choosing to engage with. Um, some people can be excessive and lavish, and I'm not talking about that. But also some people can be really um, sparse and uh, lacking, and I, that's not awesome either. Prosperity is how do I present myself in a way that is conducive and in line with who I know I am and valuing the quality and the integrity of the material I'm working with, right? So literally even the fabric and the craftsmanship of the clothes that you're adorning your body with. It might cost more to dress this way. You might also buy less articles of clothing to invest more in quality if that's an issue. But prosperity is concerned with durability, quality, effect. Like prosperity cares about that stuff. Poverty is like, oh, just give me the things. Oh, whatever. I'll just buy whatever I need to and just, I'm fine. Or sometimes people are actually dressing in a certain way to hide from the world, right? They'll wear, wear certain kinds of clothing or whatever because they're actually trying to mitigate um, a response and like reduce the level of exposure or access the world has to them or the way certain things might play out. They like, you know, it's a way to manipulate those things. Prosperity is like, how do I present myself to the world in a way that allows me to give and contribute to the maximum, right? Not for the sake of production, but for the sake of quality and contribution. And that includes our presentation. How we dress, how we take care of ourselves is ministry to the people around us, to our environment, right? As a leader with a team of people that you're leading, um, an organization, a business, a church, it doesn't matter. If you're a leader, prosperity obviously plays out in that relationship. Um, are, are the people on your team giving to you more than you're giving to them? Do they care about you more than you care about them? Like, are you taking from them more than you're actually contributing? Like, that's, prosperity cares about that, right? And is looking at um, how that economy is playing out. And then also, like, how are you then able to, to give and to lead in a way that's motivated from prosperity versus what you're going to get out of it or how you're going to use people or you're trying to avoid, you know, negative consequence or whatever. Prosperity is like, how do I actually engage in this in a way that's going to bring an increase? And to the point where sometimes prosperity and leadership is like, I need to remove this person from my team, not because they don't belong here, not because they, I don't want them here, but because them being on my team is keeping them from what the, the increase that should be on their life. And so I, as a leader, not me, whomever, the leader might actually in prosperity have to say, hey, it's time for you to go and not because I don't want you here. In fact, it's going to hurt for, you, for me to release you, but where you're going and what you're meant to accomplish, 
you've maxed out in this capacity, it's time for you to move on so you can bring the increase and continue to go further down the road that you're on. If that were to happen, I'm not saying that's true for every team member. Some team members will actually increase and thrive more because they're on the team. So it depends, right? But prosperity is not, how do I keep as many people on my team as possible? Or how long can I keep them? Prosperity is, how can I lead these people in a way that's conducive and in line with what life, where life is coming from, what God is doing? And if an adjustment needs to be made, that we follow that because we trust in the Lord, not in how we're managing people on our team, right? Um, and so that obviously plays out in other relationships as well with parents, with spouses, with romantic significant others. Like, is being in this relationship increasing life for both of us or is it doing something else? And as soon as you're aware that something else is going on here than life, then we make adjustments, whether it's adjusting in the relationship or ending the relationship entirely, whatever. Like, the goal is, like, we want to align ourselves with prosperity because the, the nature of the Lord is, and I'm, I'm not trying to make prosperity and the Holy Spirit synonymous because I think the Holy Spirit brings a whole, like, like many facets and dimensions to this conversation, but prosperity is looking for increase, for faithfulness. How can we make this thing more? Not for the sake of gain, but for the sake of reflecting the nature of God himself. He is life, and he is abundant, and he is prosperous, and he increases, right? And he's looking for that. So anyway, all that to say, there are ways that we can actually work against prosperity in our lives. When we're in a relationship because of what we're getting out of it, when we've reduced somebody to a function or a resource to us emotionally, rather than someone that gets to be loved and served and connected to and known, then we got to look at that. Like when you have people in your life that you're using and a lot of us don't realize we're doing it, right? But if someone's here because they make you feel comfortable, they make you feel smart, they make you feel sexy, they make you feel whatever it is that you're getting out of that, but it's not coming from a regard or a value for them, you're working against prosperity in your own life. That crutch actually keeps you from fulfilling the fullness and the potential you're actually meant to walk out. And so sometimes people that we're using become a, a prosperity block and keep us from the increase that is ours that would already naturally flow to us if we weren't tying into something less. Um, there's a, you might be in a job where you're, this, it pays me well, I'm comfortable, it gives me you know, benefits, whatever. whatever the reasons are, but the job does not allow me to further develop as a person. It doesn't allow me to develop my skill or my scope or my influence or my reach or my potential or whatever. Then keeping the job, even though they pay you a paycheck, even if the paycheck is comfortable, is working against prosperity in our lives, you know? And so we want to look at those things. I mean, just, it plays out in all these different ways. Food. This food tastes good. I feel good when I eat it. Um, maybe temporarily, right? Uh, or all my friends eat these kinds of foods or whatever. But it's not producing life in my body, in my experience. It's actually getting in the way of what me being healthy, look, my body being fully taken care of would actually look like. Then eating those kinds of foods would work against prosperity. Um, saving money, let's talk about that. Maybe we've been taught to save, 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 save money, don't spend it, save it. Uh, but the idea and the mentality of hoarding and saving your dollars is keeping you from learning how to participate in the bigger game of life where you could actually grow your money and cause it to work for you and create, you know, maybe you're making multiple streams of income or developing investment portfolios or whatever else could happen. The saving thing that might have started out as a good practice has now worked against prosperity in your life. We want to recognize all these things, you guys. Prosperity is not a law in terms of, or sorry, a formula where you do this, you do this, and then you get this. Prosperity is a spirit where you recognize what you're stewarding and why you're doing it the way you are is affecting whether prosperity gets to come on your life or it doesn't, right? And so we want to recognize that and pay attention to the things that are motivating us in those ways. <clears throat> I mean, this 
I mean, I just keep going on and on about the examples. The reality is, you guys, you're either hosting prosperity in your life in the way that you choose to live or you're doing the other thing. And we wanna say yes to prosperity. It is an open-handed, trusting relationship with the Lord and the world that I will be taken care of regardless and I'm gonna do the best that I know how to give and to contribute and to serve and not have to control the outcome. And from that place, prosperity will work it out, will take care of you. God will work. And it, but the thing is, it's not just the Lord. It's the things he set into motion as well. The laws in the world will bow to that alignment with him. And you will have blessing thrown at your feet regularly. It's, it's the deal. It's awesome. It is worth becoming a student of these things and learning how to shift and adjust accordingly. Um, now, that being said, I know for some of you, you might be, you might be hearing some of this and like, oh my gosh, I've never heard this before. I don't know how to do this or I want to go further into this. And there are lots of books you could read. Um, but I think also there's a, a huge practical thing to this as well. Um, learning how to like step into your abundance and learning how to say yes to those things can be a journey. And there are some things that need to be chosen, like choices that need to be made, um, sacrifices, uh, things to pick up that you don't want to do, whatever, that kind of stuff. Having support and a coach along the way, super helpful. So I would like to encourage you to check out the Living Your Legend subscription, what is it? Coaching <laughs> service that we're offering through NUMA. Um, you can check it out at, you can email us at coaching at pneumaculture.com if you're interested in that. My team can reach out to you and get you connected. But my team, the coaches, are uniquely equipped and trained to help recognize ways that we actually work against the prosperity and the abundance that's meant to be in our lives, that's trying to show up. Like, life is trying to express itself in our lives and produce the income and the, the safety and the provision and the resources that we long for. God has already put everything into motion for that stuff to come into pass. The reason it doesn't show up is because we believe something contrary to what God says. We believe in fear or lack or whatever the things are. They get in the way. The coaching thing is there to help recognize those things and change them. So if that's something you're interested in, please email us there. Anyway, uh, we're running out of time, so I'm going to wrap this up. But you guys, one thing I want to just give you as a practical thing to recognize as you move forward is um, start paying attention to the motivator behind certain decisions that you're making, how you're managing your stuff, how you're utilizing your social media, how you're managing your bank account, your relationships, your schedule, your whatever. What's motivating you? Is it, are you trying not to lose? Are you trying to maintain ground? Or are you doing what you're doing because of the, bring, the increase that it's bringing and because of the stewardship that is on that? We want it to be because it brings the increase, not because we're trying not to lose something. You don't want to play defensive. You want to follow life. Okay. Anyway, um, thanks for listening to this episode. Uh, if you could give us a five-star rating on this podcast, that'd be awesome. If it's genuine and sincere, um, please leave a comment there. Subscribe to the podcast. Um, and then if you guys have any questions or things you want to hear us talk about on here, please email us at contact at mikemayashiro.com. We'd love to hear your feedback on that. Um, the next episode we're going to talk about is um, receiving feedback. Uh, this is a touchy subject, and I don't know that a ton of people know how to do this well. This thing has served me significantly in my life, and I'm not saying I do it well all the time, but when I do figure it out and get it, get it dialed in, my gosh, it is insanely helpful. Our next episode's gonna be on that. Uh, I expect it's gonna be awesome. We'll see you next time. Listen, there's more where this came from. If you want to see how deep this rabbit hole goes, check out MikeMyashiro.com.